Craft Beer Radio, episode 376 on April 2nd, 2016. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. This is Bob James with Take Me to Mardi Gras, perhaps one of the most sampled songs in uh, music history. That's a fun one. I like it's, that. It's uh, about 300 different songs. I mean, one of the ones you may recognize is, uh, um, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. Things and Stuff. Things and Stuff. Uh, Run DMC. Okay. One of the original ones. So, uh, what, do you want to start with Triple Haze since it's Mardi Gras? I don't know what I want to start with. Okay, let's start uh, with the old main, the long-faced amber. We have six. Oh, yeah, we got that amber. Let's we do. have six beers tonight, so we're going to go. Usually safe bet to start with your amber ales. Mm-hmm. This is a Dave Vodrick beer, friend Dave from the show. So these beers get a little long on the tooth because he was here at Christmas time. Yeah. So this is long-faced amber from old main. Old main is... In Iowa, Ames, Iowa, Ames, Iowa. Just uh, they say American hot varieties, and yeah, not much else about the beer. Smells malty. Uh, The color is caramel. Maybe a little like a. Yours is probably clearer than yeah, mine. Yeah. So there's some. Uh, so yeah, let's let's yeah. do a little blending so we're drinking the same thing. Yeah. So my second half of the glass, second half of the bottle, was a little cloudier than Gregory's. There you go. So we have five point five on this guy. Yeah. So there's um kind of a toasty toffee aroma on there, mm-hmm. kind of like um, you know uh. Munich malt or something like that. More toasty than toffee, I guess. Yeah, some like light grassy notes. I guess that might be just like a, a whiff of, of hop. But Actually, I'm getting some esters that are actually like flowery, like kind of like daisies or something like that. Like a... Maybe clovers. Yeah, I'm picturing like daisies and bubblegum. Oh, all right, just uh, not yeah, not much else there, but it smells like an amber. Definitely estery in the flavor. Mm. Kind of a, a bit of banana, pear. You know, this beer has probably some age on it. Let's see if there's any date markings. But this was brought to us, you know, around the holidays. So it's probably on the tail end, if not... Beyond, I mean, it's been in the fridge. Way. It's well, sure, sure. We've kept it as good as we can, but it's an amber ale. Yeah, it was brought to us, you know, in December. Uh, so very estery on the flavor: bananas, pears, this bubble gum, a little bit of flower petals, I guess. The um, malt flavor is not as apparent in the flavor, at least in the first two sips, as it is on the nose. Yeah, it, it's it's got a, a sweetness problem too. It, it's a little that sweetness is accentuating those fruitiness, mm-hmm. and that's not really what you want to taste in amber. You want malt forward. You don't want this fruit, yeah, to come through. It almost feels like it's a well attenuated. It has a little bit of like a table sugar, like fermented, like cidery type flavor to it. Yeah, as well. yeah. I was gonna say there might be a little bit of apple, you mm-hmm. know, going yeah. around in that too. It's it's not. I don't think it's uh, it's it's. It's past its prime at the very least. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to move on. Unless you think you can pull something else out of it. Yeah, I would say it's it's not worth uh, not worth really spending a lot of time with. Okay. Right. Well, that's well, we a, have, that was a bust. <laughs> we have two Dave beers. Let's let's okay. see if this one's better. So right. we from Millstream Brewing Company in Amana, Iowa. We got the Hefer. Weizen. Heifer Weizen. Because it's cows. Yes. Heifer. 5.7% alcohol by volume. The malts that are used are two-row brewer's malt and white wheat. The hops that are used are Millennium and Willamette. Uh, 
This is a Hefeweizen made for Iowa. Working on getting some sediment stirred up. The beer pours super clear here. Let's let's smell and taste the very top of the bottle, where it looks like a crystal vites, and it is super clear. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll pour add the rest of the bottle, which I'm agitating to get all okay. the sediment in. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, it has sort of a crystal vites and smell, and it has very weedy, very weedy, and a bit of barley type aroma in there too. It doesn't smell too phenolic. Mm-hmm. They say here, while we took liberties and played with the name, we did not compromise on making a true German Hefeweizen. Okay. I like it like this. It's pretty good. We'll see how it tastes with all the, you mm-hmm. know, whatever is in the bottom of the bottle here. But, uh, you know, for Crystal Weizen, you know, you get a good malt flavor, get a good wheat flavor. It's a little bit tangy. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the last guy, which was like crazy esters, this guy's kind of subdued. It's, um, I guess there's a little bit of, a little bit of bubblegum in there, the flavor. A little, yeah, a little residual stuff, but yeah, yeah as, as a crystal, I think it, it works. All right, so I think in too much cloud here, this beer is much more golden than a lot of Hefeweizens. Yeah. Um, it, where it is uh, pretty close to a gold color as opposed to being a straw color. Yeah, it definitely got cloudier, and we added the bottom of the bottle when I agitated it up. It's still not as cloudy as you would expect a Hefeweizen to be. And also, for Hefeweizen, you would expect a fair amount of cloudiness from just the proteins in the beer, not just from the yeast that is suspended. So, you know, being so clear is is interesting. Well, let's see if it manages to work. It seems like the esters have picked up. I'm getting more of the banana somewhat circus peanut type aroma on it it's still pretty light on those esters right it's not it doesn't have like an overwhelming uh or an overwhelming it doesn't have like a strong Mm -hmm. uh fruit flavor or estery uh you know bubblegum and stuff it's there it's not hiding but it's not like oh here i am yeah it's malt it's it's grain forward Mm -hmm. and it seems more barley malty than a lot of Hefeweizens. You know, it seems like there's definitely a more barley type character in this than you would expect in many Hefeweizens. But that's not really taking away from the yeah. beer. It's just an observation. I would say more bubblegum than banana. More. Not very phenolic at all. Yeah. There's no pepper. There's no clove. It's definitely playing on the estuary side of the fence. This is the Millstream Brewing Heifer Weizen. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, it's... It, we're not, you know, pouring it out. It, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a decent drinker. It uh, does the job. It's not in any way an exceptional beer. Uh, it's... I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there are probably better Heifers you can get in Iowa, but... Right. Um... Yeah, it's a worthy attempt. It did, did nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine beer. It's just not... Uh, you're not going to yeah tell your friends about it too much. You know, yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, did you try the Millstream Brewing, Heffa? It was ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly ordinary. <laughs> uh, and, and again, there there is a... There is a bit of... Um, the aren't we jaded type thing. I mean, we don't, we taste a lot of beers, so it's going to come to a certain point where it's like, mm, we do, <laughs> we aren't exactly going to be enthused by everything that comes our way. Right. But that being said, we can also, I, I, I said it before, there's, there's nothing that, that, Stops you from being a beer snob more, I think, than doing a show like this for ten years. Now I can drink pretty much anything, and I don't. And I can appreciate even the stuff that I would have totally turned away before. On some level, right? I guess we do the purple haze next. Purple haze, or no, no, this isn't purple haze. No, it's triple haze. Triple haze. It's a raspberry golden lager from Abita Brewing. 
There was a beer story I wanted to try to pull up and see if it... There was a... Uh, a... New... Uh, was it a... April Fool's joke from 21st Amendment that they were putting a uh, grapefruit-themed version of all their beers. Uh, at Piper's Pub Hart had a PBR tap yeah, takeover yeah I saw that Yeah, that would have been great so he bought the tap handles but not all the beers on tap were PBR it would have yeah. great, been great if they only sold PBR that day would have been great I mean I don't know it would have been great for people watching on social media right wouldn't have been great for their business <laughs> LA Brewery announces new beer made with rum and lots of dumb jokes. I kind of went out of my way to not pay attention to Twitter yesterday. Yeah, it's probably isn't it weird. I mean, like when when we were younger, I was all about all the funny jokes that were happening, and now I'm just like, ugh. yeah, maybe we've just seen too much. Or it's just too many people are doing not funny enough jokes. I'm not sure which it is, but it's something. Boston Beer launching hard seltzer line. (laughs) A 5% ABV 100 calorie spike sparkling water with natural flavors. That's funny. Be careful what you... Unless that's that's like... Be careful what you April Fool's about. Get a mix, an alcoholic mixer for your cocktails. <laughs> yeah, you hate also just having to be in the situation where you, what what is real and what isn't. Sometimes things are straddling that line, yeah. and you're like, "What what is going on?" Anyway, the beer the beer is called Triple Haze. It's, it's from Abita's uh, sent to us by Abita. Yes, yeah. sent to us by Abita. Thank you, Abita. It's a triple version of of Purple Haze. I believe we've had triple Purple Haze before. Raspberry Golden Lager. 6% alcohol by volume. Perle Hops. There you go. It's a raspberry. Fresh right? raspberry puree. Yeah, so the, um, the aroma is somewhat raspberry. To me, it also smelled like it had some breadth in it. They say um, bright purple color, but it's just more. I guess that's not you could imagine some that's some reddish sort of highlights. No, on it, but... no, no, it's not purple. No, no, if you look at, at if, if you look at like here, no, no, it's not. There's like some reddish sort of it's vaguely reddish highlights, but no, it's not purple. Um, it it's a it's a cloudy straw, it's a cloudy basically. bronze. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. No purple. It's got lots of fruit on it, lots of raspberry. Lots of raspberry. I thought I was smelling some breath or something like that, but maybe it's just kind of like I think it's just the, the raspberry yeah. skin or something like that. I took a taste already, and there's nothing Britannomyces in the flavor. But when I was smelling it, I'm like, oh, it smells a little funky. It does, yeah. There's something approaching the the kind of barnyardy mm-hmm. dusty notes that Brett can give but I th- yeah I think that's just sort of raspberry yeah Pre- really big raspberry flavor in the flavor mm-hmm. and I'm three sips in and that's like really all I'm tasting I don't taste anything particularly triply about this I don't get a big ester profile from yeast I don't get a candy sugar profile it, it doesn't really remind me of a triple at all well, they say they start with a strong golden lager made with malted barley and wheat. They hop it with German pearly hops. Uh, and then after it's filtered, they add fresh raspberry puree. So it's not part of the right. the fermentation. The, the, oh, like, and, and it's a golden yeah. lager, not, not a Belgian triple. Right. So the triple haze might just be a... Well, they, they, they did on the ampli- back here put it in quotation marks. Might just so. be an amplitude and not really... A, Belgian triple. Well, they put it as T-R-I-P-E-L, so they did... There is some Belgian inspiration, but... um, It could be... Yeah, it it could be more about just... It's 8%. 
and that's what you expect the triple to come at, and it looks kind of triply, golden, and yeah, it's fruity because Belgians tend to be fruity from their yeast esters. Let's put some raspberries in it. Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it, so it's misleading in some sense, right? What do you think about the raspberry? Is it good? Is it extracty? Is it medicinal? It's fine. I think that if it wasn't the only thing we were tasting, yeah, it would be better. Right now, it feels very forward with his raspberry, and it's like, well, I'm not really. I mean, I like a fruit beer, but I like a fruit beer to have some other dimensions to it besides just here's a raspberry jam, um, which is yeah. kind of what this is. Yeah, it, I mean, the other the the backbone of this is just like a. Like a crouton. There's like nothing. There's nothing there that to, for it to rest on. It's mm-hmm. just raspberry. I'm with you. I mean, if it brought through some more triple character, it could have a bit more depth. It's pretty shallow hmm. in what it's giving. Man, we're a holes tonight. Poo poo poo. <laughs> Maybe you can blame it on me just having seen Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Okay, let's do. What do we got here? Oh, that's an IP. I didn't realize this Crux was an IPA. I guess we got to do one of those so we can have a break before we get to the other one. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the uh, Lavery first. All right. I picked up this beer when I was um, shipping beers down to the beerists. So I bought a four pack of this Lavery and Okay, one. that Boston beer is is not a joke. The hard seltzer, not a joke. It's apparently not a joke. <laughs> uh, I saw a thing. <laughs> you might have more on that, but I saw a thing on Twitter. It's like Bell's Brewery new logo unveiled, and I don't think it's a joke either. But it's like a super minor tweak to their logo. Mm-hmm. And like their like bottles don't haven't changed hardly at all other than the super minor tweak. And you know they had it up on YouTube of unveiling the new Bell's logo. So I think there is a new refined version of the Bell's logo, but it is completely not newsworthy. <laughs> Alcoholic seltzer, huh? I'm still trying to find out if it's not a joke or not. If it's a joke or not, I. Boston beer wouldn't necessarily joke on that. The Unless it was a third party joke joking about because there are trademarks applied, like corporate trademarks that you can find for it. So that would seem to be yeah, not a joke. I mean, there's alcoholic soda pop. Why don't you just uh, take the sugar out and the coloring and just alcoholize the soda water? Wow. Okay. That that's odd. All right, All right. Okay. so the beer we're drinking is from Lavery Brewing in Erie, Pennsylvania. This is the Madra Alta Imperial Pale, or I'm sorry, India Pale Ale. 6.4% alcohol by volume. Malts are Pale Vienna, Caramalt, and Honey Malt. Hops, Bravo, and New Experimental Hop. FN 2187. <laughs> Madra Alta. Someone should name a hop that. It's 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 really good at shooting, but not good at piloting. I don't know <laughs> how else you would describe FN two and eight seven. Very eager. <laughs> <laughs> Likes to hold hands. Yeah. Um. Tells the truth of robots. Um, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Madra Alta is a Gaelic word for wolf. So, there you go. Alright, so this beer had a fair amount of sediment in it. It pours fairly cloudy. Mm -hmm. Kind of a bronzy color as well. The nose is malty, yeasty, and hoppy. You get a whole bunch of stuff in there. It's not like super bright hops. There's a fair amount of malt aroma coming off of kind of... um, Italian bread crust, like Italian bread crust or something like that. I was going to go with, um, like, a, like a weird combination of, like, grits and oatmeal. I don't know. It's, it's, okay. 
Yeah, it also reminds me of something very vaguely rogue like in the nose. There's some interesting stuff coming off here. So stuff that I'm that I'm curious about exploring. The flavor. It's it's an IPA. Lots of malt flavor, so it definitely it seems more English or East Coast than West Coast. Hops are fairly potent in it. It's got Bravo. Bravo is kind of tropical, kind of yeah. right. It's yeah, and you're getting some of that, right? It, it's it's so bl- it, the beer has so much more malt than many mm-hmm. tropical IPAs. That it kind of melds in there, and it doesn't seem as apparently tropical. Yeah, I think you can you can taste that Vienna malt really sort of adding a, a melanoidin kick to mm-hmm. it. Um, and there's also yeah. honey malt in there. Which Actually, the, um, that, that comes back with first sip. I really got a big honey type yeah. kick on it. Yeah. Yeah, this is a playful one. I kind of like that it's it's playing around with malts. The the hops are not ordinary. The the hopping is is distinctive and kind of experimental. It it it, it does you know it it fits the label. There's a little uh, I guess melon like flavors coming off of it. Melon. I'm also getting a little bit of tea, like mm. light bergamot type, like Earl Grey type tea type flavors in there. So you're getting the kind of like the orange. And then, you know, something that's more tea-like coming off of the hops. Yeah, this is interesting. This is uh, this is new. I like this. I like the way this is going. It's, it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. It's not um, it's not hop juice, right? It's not... It, 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 it's going to take your tongue some time to get used to because it's not like, oh, I'm just going to pour this down. This is awesome. But it's not bad in any way, and it's interesting. It's, it's a new flavor. It's, it's I, I, so I bought a four-pack of this, sent... Two to the beerists, mm-hmm. drank one myself, and then this is the last of the four pack. I seem to remember a little bit of brighter hop flavor, so I think it might have hop faded some over the last like month and a half or okay. so. Um, what did they think of it? I don't think they drank it on the air, or haven't drank it yet. A holes. No, no, they they did a whole show where they drank a bunch of, of the beers I sent. They just didn't get to them all. Um, I'm hoping they do the blackout stout from Great Lakes. On the show, it sold. I stole two out of Heather's stash to send to him. <laughs> so they better do that on the air. You hear that, John? Drink the Great Lakes on the air. Yeah, John. This is got the more I drink it, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so malty. It's it's hoppy too, but. It it almost feels more like an APA than an IPA. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't feel like a traditional like IPA like you're used to. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's it's a malt, pretty malt forward IPA, and it's a different stuff. So you may, but no, it, it, I mean, it feels what it's six percent or something. What was mm-hmm. the percentage on it? Right. I'm just because there's so much malt and it's so entwined in the flavor. That I'm feeling, especially in this version, the one I'm drinking right now, you know, I'm f- feeling America Pale Ale as opposed to India Pale Ale, mm. or you know, it's the malt comes through a little bit stronger, and really the malt's the a equal partner in this story, if not slightly leading the role. All right, the next beer we're going to do, uh, listener Jason from Maryland sent us a bottle of Heavy Seas, formerly Clipper City Brewing Company. This is their 20th anniversary limited release called 20 Year Storm. It's an Imperial ESB aged in bourbon barrels. While you're opening that, maybe you want to send us a beer like um, Jason. And you can certainly do that. There's a link on the bottom of our site for how to donate. But if you also want to just support us another way, well, you know what this means. You go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon and 
uh, you just do it in the shop. Shop, shop, shop. Drop, drop, drop. That's all you gotta do. Doesn't cost you a penny more to support the show. It's really a sweet deal for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Especially you. Because you get to just buy stuff like you normally Slash Amazon. And support your favorite podcast. We haven't mentioned in a while. If you go to craftbeerradio.com, we have an Amazon store with some of our favorite beer drinking paraphernalia. You can buy the Spiegel beer glasses that we use exclusively on the show. Spiegel, if you're listening, why don't you like sponsor the show? Because we love your glasses so much. It wouldn't be a. It would not be. It wouldn't because it's the best product on the market, I feel. They're not going to pay because they're already getting that kind of <laughs> compliments. Yeah. We got these Xylus stoppers that we use for our leftover beer. They're great for saving beer, and they save beer for an amazingly long time. You're granted, for your optimal beer, you want to drink it within a few days after you reseal it. I've had beer that I've had sealed for a month on a Xylus stopper. It's still carbonated, still tastes fine. You yeah. Know? Um, I wouldn't recommend it. Was it was good beer to start with. So, right. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it all the time, but it works. You know, so we have some of our favorite beer drinking stuff on our website. So you can go check there. And you don't even have to do anything special. If you just click those links, guess what? Our referral is already baked into it. So you just look at our store and like, oh, I really like the idea of getting whatever whatevs, the Spiegel IPA glass, and it's baked in. So Baked in. Baked in. All right, so this is from Heavy Seas Brewing Company. 20-year storm is their 20th anniversary. Beer Imperial ESB aged in bourbon barrels, 10% alcohol by volume. They say it's an extremely limited one-time offering. So, wow, thank you. Uh, Justin, was it? Jason. 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 It's it's a J name. It's close enough. Thank you, Jason. He, he's been on the last couple yeah. of New Year's shows. That's true. He's the guy that usually hits us up about right about now on Twitter saying, What you drinking tonight? You got to send uh, him the picture. I, I don't see the tweet yet, but uh, he normally does. The hops that are used, Warrior, Fuggle, Kent Golding. The malts that are used are UK Optic, Cara, Crystal, and Chocolate Malt. I don't see what I expect to see, which is um, Maris Otter. Okay, for ESP, yeah. yeah. Okay, the beer pours clear. Dark brown. Looks like a brown ale. It's kind of a leathery a leathery color. The aroma. Bourbon barrel. Oakiness is the kind of the first thing I notice. But, you know, there's lots of malt melanoidins coming off of it Why as do well. I smell a hamburger? I don't smell a hamburger, Greg. I can't tell you. Can't help you out on that. This is a beer made with meat. So you got the melanoidins, right? So if you get like good charred fresh beef, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, take some really fresh beef, charred in a super hot skillet, and use a toasted bun. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's where you're going. I'm just trying to help you out. I don't smell anything meat. It was it was the first. No, I didn't smell any meat, but I like I smelled something that was distinctly like good hamburger, but like hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now now it's getting more malt. So, so I washed my hands at Reclamation Brewing Company. How many hours ago? Uh, it's ten. Six hours ago, mm-hmm. and I smell still smell the bathroom soap on my hands from Reclamation Brewing Company. Beer places need to get like non-odorant soap. Well, I don't know. I mean, you constantly smell like me on the glass, and I don't smell <laughs> you on the glass. Uh, no, I do smell you. Like here, give me your glass. Let yeah, me see. Yeah. I smell something a little bit rosemary on your glass. That I don't smell on mine. How did you know that I washed in rosemary? <laughs> you probably used some Avita rosemary mint shampoo or something. Oh, yes, I did. I did use the rosemary mint shampoo. I I knew I spent a hundred bucks on getting two like gigantic. Okay, things, so that shampoo's so good. Yeah, but yeah, I smell rosemary on your glass. <laughs> you've got a 
you got quite a it's not a ticker what would this be a, <laughs> and a schnoz, schnoz. <laughs> And yeah, I'm immune to my own smells. Yeah. I'm sure my, I mean, other than the anti-back soap that's on my hands, the foaming soap, I'm sure I have whatever is in Irish Spring and whatever is in um, Head and Shoulders. I probably have those aromas on me, but, you know, I'm I'm immune to those. I should buy some Evita rosemary mint shampoo that stuff's amazing yeah like i said i got these two like gigantic bottles that were gonna last me for hopefully like six months because they were it was 80 bucks or something mm-hmm. but it was it's a good shampoo, so it's worth it uh the story behind that shampoo and this is worth delving into on the main show sorry for the rattle but uh so saber we go to dc i'm not going this year uh, greg's yeah. going with nick but the hotel we've always been at, the Renaissance, right? It's, it's a different hotel this it's year. It's a different hotel this year. It, but at the hotel it's always been, the shampoo that's at the hotel is Avita Rosemary Mint. And, oh my God, it's the best shampoo ever. You put it on your head. It makes your scalp feel tingly and minty. But you also just stand there and just breathe. And it's this whole aromatherapy thing. It yeah. smells so good. It's amazing hot steamy shower rosemary mint shampoo on your head on your scalp oh it's the most wonderful thing ever you're right that was definitely a beer related thing so i'm glad we <laughs> glad we went yes. off that that tangent yeah, i'll do it saver but no no pay the you know go someplace that has a vita shampoo in the hotel go to our amazon you can i bought it off of amazon there you go. okay so do they have tiny bottles they do have smaller bottles yeah I'll have to put it on the beer or approved <laughs> list. Things we approve. So let's see what we got from the taste here. Not too oaky in the flavor. A little bit of oak, but the bourbon comes through more. And it blends really well into the ESB, the maltiness. There's, if you're looking for double ESB, you may be disappointed because you're not getting quite the the crisp malt yeah. and the bitterness. But the beer, the beer suits the barrel. I think I'm, I'm enjoying the kind of blend of the beer and the barrel. I mean, at the very least, the promise of an ESB is is, is a as a malt forward beer, uh, or at least a very balanced beer that that is leaning more towards the malt than the hops. And I think this this. This works. I don't know whether it's you know like a perfect example of an ESB or not, but it is a malt forward beer at like double the strength mm-hmm. with um, w- with a decent enough hop backbone there, and the hop is really like the 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 platform and the malts are, are the star, and so mm-hmm. it you know I, I'm I'm fine with the imperial ESB that that works for me as a descriptor. And I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I took a second sip, and again, I'm really impressed with the melding of the base beer and the barrel character. It, it there's no seams. It, it is such smooth. It feels like it's just woven together, and so you're getting something that's kind of something in the neighborhood of bread pudding. You get this caramelized bread. Right. You get this syrup. You get the raisins, you know, you get a whole bunch of that all kind of blended together. You get, uh, I'll take another sip, but uh, this is really good. Thank you, Jason. I'm not being overwhelmed by a bourbon-y overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a little bit of oakiness and vanilla, which is, you know, what, what a barrel should give you without being, uh, without assaulting you with those flavors. I'm trying to describe better kind of the soft, sweet, syrupy character. It's not maple. It's not maple at all. But there's like a thing that's kind of linking the malt to the oak and the bourbon. What if you had a, a sweetened buckwheat syrup? So I do have buckwheat honey right upstairs. Mm-hmm. That's a little more harsh than this is. This is a lot softer. 
But I know what you're saying, right? You're just throwing something out there, and you just happen to throw something out there that I have, you know. <laughs> so you know, I know it more okay. intimately than so, you would expect. So, yeah. But no, so, I hear, what, I off, hear what, off the mark a little bit. But you know, I hear what you're yeah, saying, right? Yeah. You never expected that I actually would know exactly what that tastes like. <laughs> yeah, buckwheat does have a. I don't know it, it has a twist to it. it. It's this is such a soft barrel character, it's such as um, soft kind of marshmallowy barrel mm. character that you know Greg has traditionally on the show not really liked oaked beers, bourbon, bourbon barreled beers. If I would tasted this and knew Greg's preference of not liking oaked beers, I would say you got to try this. Mm-hmm. This does a barrel in a way that I think you'll really like. I, I, yeah, and I agree. Um, because it's, while it's not subtle, it's not overwhelming either. It takes the, the parts of the barrel that I enjoy and doesn't, like, throw it at me uh, and, and you know, shove it in my face. Yeah, this isn't the rye bourbon right. barrel uh Double bastard we had a couple weeks ago, <laughs> not at all. But it's it's there and it's 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 not going away. It's not it, it's not apologizing for being an, an oak aged uh, a barrel aged beer. But it's also not saying that this is you know the only trick we have. Mm-hmm. So I you know I appreciate that. Yeah, this is this is really good. Uh, I, it's a suitable you know twenty year anniversary to to try something new and and oh no yeah, yeah absolutely I think for twenty anniversary beer this one stands up you know there's a lot of pressure there we've had some anniversary beers from breweries where they've folded under the pressure mm-hmm. think of the ten year victory beer right that was uh, I think you know I want to I think I'm gonna need a few minutes before I'm ready to taste the next beer. All right. Coming off of this one. So I'm just gonna pause now. We'll finish this beer okay. and go into the next one. Alright, we're back. I have my palate refreshed enough that I think I can taste this beer. Uh Greg was out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Went to Rev- no. Uh beer store. The beer store. Uh, something like Revolution Ales, but that's that's not what it was. I don't think. Anyway, I can't remember the name. Uh, this is from Crux Fermentation, which is there in Bend, Bend, Oregon. Uh, and they were originally like a a collaboration of breweries or something. I forget. They the were whole... doing a lot of Belgiany things. Yeah. Um, one of the employees was two timing. He was the sales manager at 21A and also doing some uh-huh. Crux stuff. I don't think he's working at Crux anymore. We met the Crux guy at Saver a couple years ago. That was the New York time. Yeah. New York time. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, they're in Oregon, so not that close to where 21st Amendment is. And, uh. Well, you pop the cap on this thing and you smell hops. You smell like pretty big mosaic type hop thing on this thing. Like well, just... guess what? It's an Imperial Mosaic IPA, so that shouldn't be surprising. Ten percent alcohol by volume. Wow, that's a, that's that's a saturation yeah. of mosaic when you stick your nose deep in the glass. I was smelling like normal levels of mosaic as soon as I popped the cap off mm-hmm. and was pouring the beer. You know, when I put it within eight inches of my face, it smells like. Imperial mosaic, which is what it is, but it's. Let me try to describe what the differences are. Well, I don't know if you've had guava, but mm-hmm. it's it's sure. very similar. Maybe a little mango, maybe a little passion fruit, but a lot of guava. Yeah, it definitely gets more rindy, more skin like. So like mm-hmm. mango skin, guava yeah. skin. You know, with with this level of saturation, it's more skin like than flesh like. I think that's probably. Flesh-like. Flesh-like. flesh light. <laughs> On our big... If you want to, if you want to check out... We, we, we talked about um, the Beerus. If you want to check out the uh, big three or four hour thing we did with them, that's it, on YouTube. They're... Because uh, we are both in that big... Oh, the... Yeah, they did... They did a uh, live hangout. Yeah. And we participated yeah. in... Oh, yeah, it was Near fun. the end, we we got very drunk, and there was talk of flashlights, as I remember. So, 
if you're interested. <laughs> That's the connection. Yes. I, I don't remember the flashlight talk. Well, John used to work at the place that distributed them or something. Oh. Huh. I guess that was when I was in the whiskey. It, it probably was. Yeah, so the aroma on this thing is big in this, like, rindy guava slash mango skin. It, um, there's a little bit of, like, cedar, like, sap or something like that. Like, kind of like, like, like leaves, like cedar leaves or something like that. Believe me. Okay, so. So not like, it's not like pine trees. It's not like pine forest. But there's like something. All right, smell that, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna t- say something to you. I smell it. Thai basil. I'm not sure I know Thai basil well enough, as opposed to regular basil. The stuff so. you put in pho. I'm not sure I know it distinctly to 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 okay, know. Okay, it's a, it's a woodier basil. A woodier basil does not have as mm-hmm. much, um, uh, as much mint to it, okay. but has a little bit more of a. Yeah, I'm not sure I can okay. corroborate your opinion. I'll look into well, it. Well, anybody but... else who's drinking this along with us, put your nose in there. And if you know what Thai basil is, I think you might... Uh... This is the Crux Fermentation Project Half Hitch. I know what a half hitch is. I can tie we a did, half We hitch. did that. We did that beer, the the Sandlot beer with the Thai basil, Thai basil. Right? Yeah, I remember the beer. I'm not sure I can relate flavors back to this. Into the flavor, it's it's not too boozy in the flavor. It um, yeah, ten percent you'd expect to be a little bit more boozy. It's not. Yeah, the the hops are very soft tropical. You get kind of lots of flesh. You're getting, uh, I see some dragon fruit. It's more dragon fruit than than mango, or passion fruit or guava. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, dragon fruit to me is is more blueberryish than this. Well, that's, so that's that's what I'm getting. Really? Hmm. I mean, compare if you take like mango, pineapple, guava, passion fruit, dragon fruit. I'm getting dragon fruit on the like the the fruit flavor. I would say it's it's between guava and mango. Okay. Don't get me wrong, I love dragon fruit. Oh, no, I mean, the reason I'm actually saying this is because the time that we actually ate dragon fruit in the post-show, that was delicious and a very distinct flavor. Why isn't that more available? I don't know. Well, you got to kill a dragon to harvest it. (laughs) It's very hard to, to harvest. It's not often you try a beer that has like this level of saturation of mosaic. Yes. And because of that, you're getting these interesting tangents off of it that are not necessarily traditional mm-hmm. mosaic flavor descriptors. Right. I mean, yeah, because you usually get either a blend of different uh, hops or, or you get a, a beer that's not... It reminds me of like when we have... In imperial pills or something, where when they do zots an imperial mm-hmm. level, you taste things that are different that yes, you don't taste yes. in zots. And and imperial mosaic is kind of the same thing, you know, where you're instead of getting things that are very clearly mango pineapple, you're getting these dragon. I mean, for me, it's dragon fruit. For you, I guess it's more guava. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely more guava. I'm getting guava too. I don't think I know guava as well. I have a really clear picture of that time we ate the dragon fruit. Mm-hmm. Dragon fruit's interesting because of the texture as well. Yes, has, yeah. The, the seeds are like equally dispersed throughout the flesh, and they're kind of like strawberry seeds, more or less, because they're well, not hard. They're just the, the, yeah. They kind of have the texture of poppy seeds. They don't taste anything like poppy seeds, but you know, think of poppy seeds in kind of like a hard white flat, uh, harder white flesh, you know, and it, it, 
that's part of the whole experience of eating dragon fruit, I think, is texture is a yeah. big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a slightly more... It's it's almost got like a not quite as hard jicama okay. uh, yeah. texture, but then it has these little seeds throughout and this sort of blueberry taste. So you get lots of different... I'm surprised. So you brought these beer, beers back from San Francisco, and we drank the Pliny and the Blind Pig mm-hmm. and the STS right away because we were at a hot fade. I didn't know this was a double IPA. Oh, then you would. We would have done it, you know, a couple weeks ago or as soon as possible. I don't think it's hop faded. Mm-mm. It still tastes plenty fresh. But you know, having it two weeks ago, ten or October twenty first, twenty fifteen. So I mean, oh wow, that's an old beer. Yeah. I mean, it tastes like it was brewed like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I guess you know the last month in that time scale really doesn't make a difference. But if I had realized this was. Well, the beer that it was, I would have gotten it on as soon as possible. But it, I don't think it suffered much. No, no. It, it, they, they did a really good job of... And maybe that is just the... Because it is just mosaic, right? So there's... If it hop fades any, well, there's plenty of hops to, to back it up, right? Well, so, you think it would all... Like, it's like a half-life, right? I mean, you're going to lose the the best 10%, mm-hmm. you know, right away. And the, despr- best, the best 10% might be... 80% of your apparent greatness, you know, type thing. If I mean, that definitely applies to your... I mean, that's that's when you're drinking Blind Pig and Pliny the Elder. You drink fresh, don't age, you know, drink right, right away. Right, you're right. They or, told you at the brewery to keep it cold when you brought yes, it home. Yeah. They wanted you to pack it in a cooler, mm-hmm. and you didn't, you know. I did not. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that, too. Like, some places are so particular with about maintaining their beers. Well, if you think about these, like, super, you know, the the new thing is super fresh, like the same Adam's Raw is when it comes to the other one, but the mm-hmm. other one is the... Um, well, drink, enjoy by from Stone, right? Enjoy by, but there's also, what's the Hetty Topper, right? So, like, these things were, like, you have to drink it right away or else you lose something. And we tr- and, and we did that experiment with the Raw. We did it in, we did it in the pre-show, mm-hmm. and it did lose something. We did it as best we could. Yeah. The, the the best way to it would be to take two different production runs and drink it at the same time. You what know, do you mean? If they made Rebel Raw a month apart and we had an old Rebel oh. Raw and a new Rebel Raw. That's, you know. Yeah, you're right. We're right, comparing right. memory. Yes, that's true. That's true. And, and that's, that's a fool's errand, right? I mean, we try to do our best, but... We don't know where our biases are coming into play. Yes, that's true. Our record memory is not like a VCR. It's more like, yeah. But I just, I, I mean, I, I felt like there was definitely a difference between the super fresh versus the uh, it, it, given a month. Now, it wasn't. Yes, it, it, it was didn't not make it a bad beer. It wasn't a blind tasting. You had an expectation. You confirmed your expectation, right? Mm-hmm. So, what validity is there in that? You know. So there's. Very minor. I mean, it, not mm-hmm. not not worth uh, not worth a lot in the grand scheme. Right. Yeah, I, I don't want. You know, we're not picking a fight. We're just kind yeah. of having a, a spirited conversation here. Well, and, I mean, and you can't actually, even I feel, a fight because you're absolutely right. Well, so I feel, I, I, well, that's it. You know, Greg <laughs> says I'm right because I actually took Greg's side of the argument for that brief moment. You know, I mean, that was typically your side <laughs> of the argument, and yeah, so. Tasting a beer, waiting a month and tasting it again, that's fraught with peril. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not an experiment. Yeah. That is just recreation. It, it It's not – it's an experiment, but it's not an experiment that you should rely on. That's not a methodology that works. Right. I think it's, is, is the best thing right. to say. Uh, it's not a methodology that you can count on to be – be exacting so it's so yeah so but i still think that there is some value in at least anecdotally saying that it seems the fresher ones have more to it but at the same time that from another anecdotal thing i would say is that it doesn't mean that it's always better to be fresh well i mean look at bigfoot Traditionally, an example, right? I mean, I prefer Bigfoot with four or five years on it versus the mm-hmm. current 
vintage of Bigfoot. So that's an exception. I think that's generally an exception to the rule. And you shouldn't count on an exception to the rule in that case, right? Generally, the rule is the rule because, you know, and the exception is a rare... Well, I I don't know. I, don't, I, I might argue with deviation. this. Because you're assuming that all IPAs need to be drunk fresh in order to have their best quality. And that's not necessarily what, what the brewery is going Okay, with. so... How long do we want to go on this on the main show? And this is about oh, beer, so I don't it, see It's about beer, to... but I'm going to actually take it into medical science right now, right? Okay, I'm, I'm curious about where so, you're going. So, uh, your doctor's going to always play the odds, right? So, you have this lump. Is he going to get a biopsy? Is he not? You know, based on your... Based on you, well, your... you're moving from how how hops fade in beer and whether that makes it no. I'm talking. I'm talking cancer. No, no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the exceptions to the rule. Is what I'm talking about. Is there a rule? The there exceptions is a rule. to the rule matter if there's a rule. What's there, the rule? There What's is the rule? a rule. Fresh beer is generally better than beer that's not as fresh. There are exceptions to the rule, but you can't bank on them. There are way too many exceptions to that rule for me to consider it a rule. I disagree. I think that's a rule. I I don't I don't know if it applies to particularly a ten percent beer. Oh, we're talking about the the half hitch in yeah. particular from from Crux Fermentation Project. No, that that beer. Is not designed to age. It's not. I'm not saying it's designed to age, but I'm not saying that it necessarily has to be fresh in order for it to be best. Well, we did drink the STS, the pills from Russian River, on our show, and we thought that maybe it was too fresh. Right. So devil's advocate. I'll jump fence, right? I mean, I'm just kind of exploring different angles. We've had STS a time or two, and it's been amazing. And then the bottle that Greg brought home from... California seemed too hoppy. Right. From the brewery. Like it seemed from the brewery. It seemed too hoppy. It seemed like it was almost bottled with the intention of giving it a couple weeks on the shelf. Now to devil's advocate, your devil's advocate, we also have to include the fact that flight plays a role mm-hmm. in all of this. Sure. Um the other variables around there play a role. So and it's a it's an agricultural product. It changes over time. Sure. That's enough to ponder. Let's do yes. some rankings. All right. All right. From the bottom, I'm gonna have to stick the old main amber at the bottom. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. It just did not compare to the other beers. It might have been an out of code age thing. It might be that it's just an amber ale, which almost always is not an exciting beer. But it uh, just did not work. It had some interesting esters to it, but in general, we poured that beer out. Second, in general, <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> well, that's in general, isn't it? I guess. Of our sample size, in general, we pour that beer out. Um, I think I'm going to put the triple haze in fifth place. It didn't give enough depth of um, nuance and flavor in the flavor. It was just raspberry juice. Raspberry jam, like you said. Mm -hmm. It had some interesting aromas, but didn't really give enough character in the flavor to really rank all that high. So the Triple Haze is going to be in fifth place. In fourth place... Wait. Oh, yeah. Here's the... Lavery. I was like, oh, that's not the beer we drank. Um, fourth place, I'm going to put the Millstream the Heifer, Vi- Heifer Weizen, Weizen, Hef, post- or quote R, quote <laughs> Weizen. Um, I-, I thought this beer was interesting, and this is kind of the hard luck part of the sh- of the rankings. I, I liked how it had a more multi. It's flavor. not too hard. Like we called it ordinary. I mean, it's not we like called it ordinary. I didn't dislike anything in it. Right. It, it's the threshold. It's the threshold of, of of decent beers. Right. Right? So, you know, the, the previous two Mendoza beers... Mendoza line, you might say. Yes, yes. The 
the previous two years batted below 300. 200. 200, whatever it was. Mendoza batted. This one's batting right at the Mendoza line. It's fine beer. Not exciting. I did think it was interesting how it was more malty than a lot of Hefeweizen's. It definitely played up the estuary side of a Hefeweizen. There was no phenolics in there at all. And it was, it was moderately interesting, but, you know, we generally have pretty good beers on the show, and it was not up to that level. In third place, up to three, right? Yeah, third place. Gets hard now. No, not for me. I'm going to okay. do the uh, Lavery. I think the Lavery I had a couple, you know, a month ago when I sent the beers to the beers, I think it was a lot less hop-faded than this one. I think this one had suffered, but I'm going to put the Lavery in third place. It was fine. I liked how it was exceptionally malty for an IPA. Kind of had an APA type character. It worked well, but I think age, I think it had a little too much age on it for me for ranking it higher. Second place, I'm going to put the uh, Crux Brewing Company, or Crux Fermentation Project uh, Half Hitch, the Imperial Mosaic beer we just drank it was really good it um was interesting tasting a hyper saturation of mosaic Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we spent all our time talking about we spent like 10 minutes talking about a hyper saturation of mosaic and you know everyone tastes mosaic ipas they're the 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 soup of the day you know it's everything is out there but you know this was a lot similar galaxy Galaxy, yes. This was similar to the first time we tasted an Imperial Pills with Zots, right? It's like yeah. it changed the story of what right. Zots oh, is possible to do. Zots can do this now. No, I think I think the first time we had an Imperial Zots type beer was a little more epiphany than this one. Mm-hmm. But it this one is along those lines. This one shows that hypersaturation of mosaic can be different from mosaic and interesting but that heavy seas that jason sent us that thing was so well put together it was so well woven together the the oak the bourbon the malts the hops it was delicious it that's the number one beer of the night for me that was really well put together and it's one of the best beers from Heavy Seas that I've had in quite a while. Mm. That thing mm. really nailed it. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure of making your 20th anniversary beer be awesome. Mm-hmm. Something and special. Did. And they did it. Yeah. Okay, so my rankings are almost entirely the same as yours. There's a little bit of a deviation. Uh, Old Main obviously goes in last place. We both poured it out. Uh, that tells you something. A beta is number five for me too. I think that uh, save that for Heather. See if she still likes it. If she's still into fruit beers, I don't know. She's such a stout fiend right now. Yeah. I'm not sure she'd like it. Uh, for the Millstream, I, I I still think it was ordinary. I think you're uh, you know you're right. It's, it's the Mendoza line beer. It's like there, there's a cutoff, but it you know it 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 goes it's above the cutoff. But I mean, just because it, it's competent, mm-hmm. it, it's a competently done beer. But there's nothing particularly right. exciting or special about it. Uh, my number three is going to be the Crux. Three, I should put up three fingers, not four. My number three is the Crux. Uh, I, I felt like all these, all three of these in the top were very good. Uh, I liked them for, for various different reasons. Uh, and I'm just putting the Crux there because I um, I kind of enjoyed the, uh, the Lavery more. I... I felt like I liked what was what they were doing. I felt like I, I liked the the kind of the, the the playing around with the different flavors and stuff going on. But I still had to put the heavy season number one because I really enjoyed it. I I really got what I wanted. I felt very fulfilled by the heavy seas. And the other ones had various things that I really did enjoy. But in order like like fulfilling all the little, the things I want out of a beer at the same time that. That deserves, right. you know, that deserves to be noted, and the heavy seas definitely did that. So, nice abrupt jump into the music there. 
Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com and click at the bottom of the page to find out more about what the heck that means. If you want to contact us, we would love to interact with more of our listeners. Twitter's the best way, at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, at Craft Beer Radio. Any of those work pretty much as good as any of the other ones. Probably better. I mean, it, uh, Twitter is like, you'll get our attention. Yeah. Uh, email, because yeah, if you email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com, it goes into our inbox with like tons of spam and and invoices and I, Amazon emails and oh, blah, blah, blah. I hate email. So don't do that. Email is kind of a failed technology when you think about it. And uh, you could always, you know, come to Pittsburgh and sit in on the show. We'll give you a taste of utopias. So, the, the, the seat is open. seat is generally open. There's a microphone nailed to the desk right there. Literally nailed to the desk. And uh, Is it nailed? Oh, screwed. But little... No, it's not. It's screwed right there. I oh, drilled, it is screwed. I drilled a hole oh, wow. in the mic stand and screwed it to the desk. Wow. Take that, bitch. All right. I, uh, I concede. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks everyone for listening. I really do appreciate it. You guys rock, guys and gals, and anybody in between. They generally associate with one or the other. Maybe, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm oh, keeping my options open. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you are a sentient being listening yes. to the show, yes, we appreciate your taking the time to listen to the show. 